Warning, this podcast should not be downloaded using government equipment, listened to during duty time, or sent to others using government equipment, because this podcast has the potential to suggest actions to be taken in support or against legislation. Do not use your government email address or government phone in contacting your lawmakers. Hello, and welcome to the AFGE Young Podcast. My name is Andre Cunningham, and I am your host for today. I am joined by Vanessa Barrow, AFGE District 2, National Fair Practices Affirmative Action Coordinator, Jennifer Dickerson, AFGE District 2 Young Coordinator, Jake Baker, AFGE District 4 National Fair Practices Affirmative Action Coordinator, and Candace Foster, AFGE District 7 Young Coordinator. And today, we're at the annual HRC slash Young Meeting in Baltimore, Maryland, and we're in person doing a roundtable discussion about building AFGE solidarity. To kick things off, how is everyone doing? And we'll start with you, Jake. Marvelous. Wonderful. I'm doing great. Happy to be here, surrounded by fellow union members. Thank you, Miss Vanessa and Miss Jennifer. Hi, happy to be here. Um, uh, hello, everyone. Wonderful. And Miss Candace. I'm doing great, especially seeing all of my brothers and sisters in the union with me today. So I'm doing great. It's great to see all y'all. Wonderful. And I must share for myself that I am doing fantastic. And it's really good to be here. I would have to honestly say that if I were a Tesla, being here would be my charging station. And I know the same holds true for you too. All right. So we're about to get the party started. So can you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit more about you and your experience with the labor movement. And we'll get started with you, Jake. Okay, let's see here. Well, I'm Jake Baker. As I said earlier, just to make sure that I have everything up there. Okay, I'm Jake Baker, as he said earlier. I'm uh, the 4th District uh, National Fair Practice Affirmative Action Coordinator. <clears throat> I'm also a certified AFGE EEO Equalizer. I've been an a employee of the Department of Defense for 41 years, 39 with the Department of the Army. I joined AFGE back in 1989. I've now paid dues to my local for longer than anybody else, and I hail from 1770 at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, where I currently serve as the Executive Vice President and the Fair Practice Program Director. I've run for MVP of Women's and Fair Practice in 2015, and for 20 years I was your typical apathetic dues-paying member. I paid dues and life was good. I never went to membership meetings. I treated well in my workplace until 2009 when I got that new boss. And Lord, the next thing I knew, I was given a letter of reprimand. So I went to the local, and they made it go away. And I realized that the knowledge that these activists possessed was like a shield against poor management officials. I found that I liked making these officials do the right thing. I loved when an issue was brought up in a grievance and caused a management official to be sanctioned. 
I learned e the EEO process, how to file Form 22 with the FLRA, and to bring cases before the MSPB. It provides me with great satisfaction to know that there are people in my agency who cannot stand the fact that I live through the night. It is my job right now, though, to develop young activists, make them as dangerous to the agency as I have become, to impart my knowledge and to pass on to them my spark of activism. Thank you very kindly for that, Jake. I am moved, touched, and inspired, and I must share with our listeners that since we've been here, I've learned a wealth of knowledge from you, and eventually your beard will get to where my beard is at, Jake. All righty, so moving on. <clears throat> Miss Vanessa, please introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your experience with the labor movement. Um, hello, everyone. Once again, my name is Vanessa Barrow, and I'm a National Fair Practice Affirmative Coordinator um, from the 2nd District. Um, I belong to local AFGE 862, where on the local level, I'm the secretary slash shop steward and local, local political coordinator. Um, I would have to say that my experience in the union actually began before I was in AFGE. My mom was a lifelong member of Local 1199, and I remember my mom always telling me what the union does for their workers, their advocacy, and the different, you know, different programs that the union had to offer. She always told me, if you have a job that has a union, join the union, because they have your back. So once I got the job at the Department of Veterans Affairs in 2008, I did just what she said. I joined the union. And I have to say, in the beginning, I was not a um, engaged member. I went to the meetings, but that was about it. But then around 2010, the local uh, president invited, invited us. We, they were having a bus ride to go down to the legislative um, conference in DC. And that's when the union bug hit me. I saw all the solidarity. Um, it was a, it was a, um, a rally about AFGE workers' issues, but what struck me was the other unions that were there in solidarity with us. Even though the issues didn't affect them, they showed up and showed their brother and sisterhood. So that's when I just got really interested in AFGE, and I took it from there. Thank you, Vanessa. And I must say, uh, being here with you in Maryland has definitely given me a greater appreciation for the space that you have created for those of us that are on the Young Committee, knowing that you have served so many years and laid so many bricks. And I and us as the Young Committee gladly take that torch and look forward to blazing that trail forward. So thank you very kindly. All right, to our next guest, Miss Jennifer. So Miss Jennifer is, in just a short period of time that I've known you, Jennifer, you are going to succeed beyond imagination. Because I know we have an upcoming training um, to present on Robert Rules uh, coming up on May 17th. And I have no if and doubts or maybe that you are going to be a shining star, not only on Young, but within the entire Federation. So with that said, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your experience within the labor movement. Hi, again, my name is Jennifer Dickerson, local 3975, um, District 2 Young Coordinator. I'm just fairly new coming into um, as a federal employee to the Bureau of Prisons. 
Um, I've been a member since I started. However, um, during new hire orientation at my job, they discussed, um, do we want to join the union? Half of my counterparts said they did not want to join the union, but I was always told that the union helps people. Working with the Bureau, I didn't know much about the union during my first year. It was up to, um, I'll say about six, seven months ago, I started working very closely with the head chairperson of the union, the shop steward, the ex-president, now the local union president. And I see a lot of behind the scenes of what they do, how they help people, things that people say the union don't do and how they work so hard to get where we're at today, especially working in the Bureau of Prisons. So I was interested in that position and wanted to know more about the union. And here I am. Um, Like I said, I'm fairly new as a federal employee and I am only two months in as a young coordinator. And this training has taught me more than I've ever known since I started. Um, And that's how I got into the union. Wonderful. And for those of our listeners that are listening today that are fairly new to the Federation as well, um, I hope Jennifer's story was able to inspire you and the wealth of knowledge being surrounded by her brothers and sisters will ensure her success for many years to come, just as well as it will ensure your success as well. So moving on to our next guest, Candice. Please share with us your, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your experience within the labor movement. Thank you, Andre. I'm Candace Foster. I am with Local. I'm a VP of Local 911 HUD out of Illinois, Chicago area. I am also the District 7 coordinator of Young. And so, I come from a union family, just like Vanessa, and both my parents, my father served as a president of his uh, local union with the Union Pacific Railroad. My uh, grandfather actually were one of the last Pullman porters, so I know how important it is to um, speak up and stand for yourself uh, and with your brothers and sisters. My mother uh, works at Chicago Teachers Union, and she is very active, well, she was, now retired, very active in her union, and to even go back further, my uncle helped initiate the Black Panther chapter of Chicago. So it's been, activism has been in my family for a very long time, and so I knew the importance of being in a union. And I've been a government worker for about, before HUD, I was with uh, FDIC, and I've been with with, you know, in the government for a very long time and always been a part of the union. But it wasn't until recently uh, after I had my second child that I realized that I need to be more active, there became a part, you know, I've always been a part of the union, but I had started having trouble. I was all, I almost lost my baby, almost had a miscarriage. My union did not, at the time, my union leadership did not stand up for me, um, which had my arbitration tossed right out. So since then, I've made it... I made dedication to myself and the people around me to assist, to be there, to be responsible. And we are each other. We're stronger together. We, we need each other. So I've been there um, and been active and not playing with a, with a mess. So thank you, Andre. 
Wonderful. And thank you for sharing, Candice. I should have known that you came from a family of advocates uh, because the right question leads always leads to the right answer. And you have a knack for always asking the right questions to get in the right answer. So thank you for sharing. So moving on to our next question. How would you define solidarity within any given movement? And Jake, we'll start with you. Hmm. Well, thank you, Andre. Um, solidarity is a concept that came to my attention back in 89 when Lech Wałęsa led the pro-democratic movement in Poland. I had just gotten out of the Army and was beginning my career at Fort Bragg as an uh, Army civilian. It next hit my radar when I became an activist with the labor movement. This concept of solidarity is a commitment to stand with each other even in the face of adversity. Back in the early days of the labor movement, it meant that those signs carried on the picket line were on an axe handle to conveniently take care of scabs who would try to cross it. Dark days in Kentucky and West Virginia, when trying to organize, you could get you incarcerated and possibly killed. Solidarity is a vital and sometimes life-saving thing. Now, we as federal employees do not go on strike, and organizing is not nearly as dangerous. But it still comes down to the tenet that against my brothers and sisters in the workplace, I will do no harm. And I will touch on this later in my next response. Wonderful. Thank you very much for that, Jake. All right, Vanessa. Um, for me, solidarity means having your brother and sisters back. It means that, you know, if they have an issue, you have an issue. To me, it means that you ask what's the, you know, you ask the question, what's wrong? How can I help? It's just simply just being there. Sometimes the, just the aspect of just being there. That's what solidarity, solidarity is to me. Just having your brothers and sisters back, not saying, well, oh, that's their problem and it doesn't affect me. That's not what solidarity is about because what affects one eventually affects all. So it's just seeing that, you know what? We all have to come together and help each other and be there for each other and not try to define, oh, that's his problem, that's her problem. It's, it's, a, it's a human race problem. And that, to me, makes a successful movement when we all realize that we all have to come together with each other to assist each other with their issues. So that's what solidarity means to me. Wonderful. Thank you. Jennifer. What does solidarity within any given movement mean to you? Solidarity means to me um, unity. It's us sharing a mutual feeling about something, us coming together, feeling strongly about something and trying to make a change and, you know, just having each other's back. Um, I can help you. Let me help you. Let's stand together. If we don't stand together, like what are we actually standing for? Like, why are we here? So it's getting our point across. It's helping each other. Like Vanessa said, let me help you. What are you feeling? What are you going through? That's not your problem. We can work through this together. And especially working in the type of environment that we all work at and it can be stressful and 
school anything anything dealing with family members dealing with school let's sit together let's work together solidarity means coming together um and helping each other out wonderful thank you for that candace what does solidarity within any given movement mean to you well, Vanessa and Jenny really put it together for me. I mean, they really laid it out there already. And I personally believe, as just like these two phenomenal women before me have said, that uh, solidarity is standing together. It is, quite frankly, if I have a problem or you have a problem, we may not you know, understand the this, this problem, but it's, but it's knowing that you're with me. That, I, that you got my back, I got your back. No matter what the problem, you know, of course, all legal things here, but uh, no matter what the issue, that we're standing together. Like, simply put, that's what solidarity is for me. Beautifully put. All right, moving on to our next question. Can you give me an example of someone showing solidarity that you witnessed that was eye-opening or pivotal to you? Uh, well, years ago, as I was being brought into the workplace, after a while, I would see some employees seem to be able to do whatever they wanted. Uh, an example that I will mention was I mentioned to a coworker that another employee seemed to be late every day and that another seemed to be doing less than we were. My seasoned coworker said, yes, I see it. And yes, it bothers me, too. Then he told me, yet, as my role as a member of the union, it is my obligation to cause no harm to my fellow workers, and sometimes fellow union members. That was his job to make sure that he was on time and did not report somebody else to management. When he was at work and the other employee was not there, then it was the management's responsibility to take actions against that employee with the attendance issues. <clears throat> Turns out, our coworker was juggling daycare issues and was causing tardiness. My more seasoned coworker told the employee that he had read the contract and it said he could request a change in his start time and adjust his lunch hour based on his need. The agency agreed to it, and it was never a problem for that employee again. As far as the employee that was perceived to be doing less, um, at the end of the rating period, Myself and my season colleague received an award that this employee didn't receive. So I think a lot of times we forget, we forget that, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we forget that it is our job to do no harm to our fellow employee. That, you know, we have each other's back in the workplace. I'm not saying that if they did something terribly wrong that you shouldn't speak up and say something. But, you know, it's the boss's job to do the job of management. So for, for me, solidarity means to do no harm to my brothers and sisters in the workplace. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jake. Vanessa, can you give me an example of someone showing solidarity that you witnessed that was eye-opening or pivotal to you? So the example I'm going to use is actually not anything to do with AFGE, it has to go 
do with my mom's union experience. So as I said earlier, she's a member of um, 1199. So that's like the hospital workers union. So I remember there was an issue, you know, contract negotiations, you know, the hospital wasn't doing right. So it only affected certain employees. I guess this is I'm going to how to bridge in the solidarity. So it only affected certain employees that went on strike. So the employees that went on strike would have been the LPNs, the nursing assistants, and the, um, the maintenance workers. So they went on strike. Obviously, when you go on strike, you're not getting paid for all the days that you're out on strike. And one of the RNs, who you know was not affected by the strike, she would come outside and bring you know you know food for them to eat you know during the strike time, bring water because it happened in the summertime and it was really really hot out there. And then I remember one time, and this is how you know it really touched me to show that you know she was really looking out for her fellow co-workers. You know, my mom was a single mom and she knew that, you know, it's, it really takes a lot for a single mother to go out on strike and not get paid. So what she did was one day she came over with a bag of groceries for us and said, you know, this is for you guys. You know, I know it's not much, but this is the best I can do. But for my mom, it, it was, it was, what she did was just so amazing because she didn't have to do that. She's thinking it's not a lot, but for my mom, that was a lot. And it, it really touched her to see that a coworker would go above and beyond when they're doing their grocery shopping to think about that employee who the, she knows at the end of this pay period is not going to get paid and bring a bag of groceries. So for me, that was very eye-opening. That was very touching. And it just showed to me that's what solidarity is. She basically was my mother's, you know, her, my mom's sister's keeper. She looked out for her. And she said, no, this is what I'm going to do. I understand the cause. You have to fight for your right. And this is my, you know, why, my way of saying, here's some help. Continue with the fight. Amazing. And that reiterates, I'm learning so much about the guest today, uh, and that reiterates your passion for reinstilling the humanity in mankind. So thank you for sharing. Jennifer, can you give me an example of someone showing solidarity that you witnessed that was eye-opening or pivotal to you? Yes, yeah, so my example is... Um, I would say a little different um, working at the Bureau of Prisons. I don't see a lot from my standpoint um, because I wasn't that involved in the union as I am coming into the union right now, freshly two months. But I can give you some sort of example. Um, you have your set of custody staff and you have your set of non-custody staff. So with union members, um, there's a non-custody staff issue that was going on that didn't affect custody custody at that time. However, um, we were having a local meeting and there was uh, a couple members that were reaching out to other members like, hey, if you want to see this change, please try to attend the union meeting for we can get it done and get this change done. Um, there was quite a few members who said, I'm not in that. I, I'm not in that type of uh, environment. I'm um, custody. That's non-custody. It has nothing to do with me. 
So as non-custody members started talking to the custody members like, hey, it has nothing to do with you, but you can come and help us out. Um, it was hard at first, but a lot of newer non-custody members, as far as myself, actually got a lot of custody members to attend the union meeting to try to make that change. So with that being said, there's a lot of younger staff that doesn't know much about what the union does. And it takes people like us to say, hey, we need your help. Can you come and help us out? And then give them reasons why we need their help. And I actually did see custody and non-custody come together and try to make that change during that local union meeting. Wonderful. <clears throat> Thank you very kindly for sharing your story. Um, so, Candice, what are your examples of someone showing solidarity that you witnessed that was eye-opening or pivotal to you? Well, my personal story is, as you heard me state earlier on the podcast, I had a pretty serious issue when it came to maternity leave and me being pregnant. There was, I was maybe in my six, seven month of pregnancy. I needed a reasonable accommodation. At the time, my manager would not give me this reasonable accommodation. I had to use leave without pay because I wasn't able to get on the train and walk, you know, to the building. And it, it just was a really big stress on my body and the baby. And I did not have the leave to take leave without pay, but I exhausted all of my leave, all of my sick leave, annual leave, every leave I had until when it became time for maternity leave, I didn't have any. I didn't have any time to spend with my new little baby. I was on my leave. Uh, but the members, a lot of members, a lot of uh, my employees, fellow employees, my, my colleagues pitched in. They pitched in leave for me. And I was able to take at least, you know, and I also had a C-section, which requires more time to be off. It required, I was able to take my leave. I was able to get the leave that I needed to spend time with my baby and my, my new family. And I thought that was so special. And not just that, but when it was time for uh, me to go through a grievance and go through the grievance of, of you know, the issues of that reasonable accommodation. My union president at the time dropped the ball. Uh, like I said, like I noted earlier, it was thrown out because of procedural issues that my union president unfortunately just did not do. And so at that time, my fellow brothers and sisters in the union noticed that. They noticed the lack of work that the president was doing. They noticed the lack of issues that were being resolved, not just mine, but other people issues that weren't being resolved. And so what they did was they stood together and they had solidarity to say that these, all these members are having issues. These issues aren't being resolved. Let's vote for someone who is going to resolve the issues. And so it took an immediate change. Well, that change took effect and we received a new local president, a whole new uh, really board and that new board has been there and has been working with everyone on their issues and things have been moving now. So me and other people going through our issues had other people see that, you know, 
we are stronger when we stand together. We do get issues done when we stand together. And that had a whole leadership change. So I am just proud of my brothers and sisters that stand together. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I know for a fact that our guests are able to relate to each and every one of our story because we did not <clears throat> get to where we are at by ourselves. It actually took a village. And a quote that I used, I love to use that brings me here and reminds me as I'm looking across the room from you is that your vibe attract your tribe. So I'm happy that your tribe was able to show up and help in moments that help was needed. So moving on to our next question. How can we, as AFGE members, show solidarity with each other as individuals, as agencies, and as a union family? Jake. Well, finally, as I said before, remember your words and actions can seriously affect your brothers and sisters in the workplace. Set the example within your workplace. We must follow the rules more stringently than the coworkers we represent. We lose our credibility when we cannot follow, follow the rules ourselves. <clears throat> this way, when we represent somebody who's been disciplined for violation of these rules, as we present the reason why this employee did what they did, we've established credibility to sway management in their decision about our employees. When you're able to prevail for your employees, they will see this and they will be far less reluctant to be a member. Represent people well and they will flock to your local. When they flock to your local, you can build even more solidarity because there's strength in numbers. Because remember, when you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Indeed. Indeed. I love that, Jake. Thank you. Vanessa. Um, how, basically, we just have to, you know, understand our um, brothers and sisters, um, listen to them, give them support, be there for them. As Jake so eloquently stated, you come for one of us, you come from all, all of us. Um, there is strength in numbers, and we just have to, you know, basically outreach our members and make them aware we are there for them. I think if union members see um, us coming up to them, hey, I heard you have an issue, how can I help? They'll be like, wow, you know, that's so great, you know, Maybe no one's ever asked them how they're doing. Nobody asked them about their problem. No one asked to say, can I help you? So just always being that willing hand to say, you know, I can do to the best of my ability and just being there for their um, brothers and sisters and showing them that AFGE, we take care of their own. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you for sharing. Jennifer. Thank you. 
Wonderful, thank you. And Candice, how can we as AFGE members show solidarity with each other as individuals, as agencies, and as a union family? I think a family is made up of individuals. So just like Vanessa, Jennifer, Jake, they have all said it. And I think Jennifer's, uh, I'm sorry, Vanessa's story really hit home to me about groceries, you know, her coworker taking the time and knowing that, you know, this is, this is something, let me go and help. Let me be there for that person. And I think really what that's, what that is, is individually taking the time to spend, to see, to understand someone else, you know, taking that time to say, are you okay? How, how are you doing? What do you need help with? What is your, like, you know, it, it is us, you know, and, and the whole saying, reach one, teach one, you know, it's very true because once we start caring about each other's issues and each other's problems and how we're doing and, you know, our day-to-days, then we can further be able to help, further be able to just even be there for an ear or a, a, a touchy, you know, loving moment anything of those natures. But again, the union offers so much. And as a family, we offer so much more together than we ever could offer apart from one another. So to understand, as Jenny was saying, those issues and what those problems are, you know, it, it would, and, and being able to accept one another and, you know, embrace one another, I really think that that will go a long way into building the confidence in our family and building the trust in our family. And then that will always lead us to being willing to stand together and to have that solidarity because not only are you just my union brother and sister, but I have a relationship with you. I know you, I've seen you, you're, you're active. You, you, you participate, you're in the issues of the community, you're activists, you know, and that's what we are. We're a family of activists. So I think that reach one, teach one, or teach one, reach one, but you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing, Candace. So, to jump back in the thick of things, um, we're just going to go around the room and do a recap of the conversation that we had today on solidarity to have uh, closing moments on what the conversation, everything entailed to you and what uh, feelings were evoked uh, based on the conversation that was had. Well, so, well, solidarity is more than just a song we sing at the end of the National Convention. It's truly a thing that we can live and breathe each and every day, that we can experience with our brothers and sisters in our unions and our locals. This is a great organization. And they're great individuals uh, connected with it. And our members, uh, the talent is just overwhelming. I have to say that all this week here at the HRC, I've been surrounded by some really, really divine and unique individuals that almost make me wish I didn't have to go back and face some of the negative energy that I meet with at the agency. But I know here my time 
is is precious, and we have a lot of work that we get done each and every year we assemble together. This is a great place where the young teach me, and if I get a chance to, I I impart my knowledge back to them. Um, I I must admit it's a friendship relationship to where I get the better of it. But like I said, solidarity is something that we that we live each and every day, and we should be living it as an ideal inside ourselves. And I thank you for your time, and I hope what I said may have helped somebody somehow, some way. Absolutely. Thank you very kindly for that, Jake. And I know it's definitely helped me, as I'm sure it's helped all of our listeners, and helped is helping tremendously with the members of your local. Vanessa. Um, basically, just hearing my brothers and sisters speak is very inspiring, and it just gives me hope. Um, sometimes, you know, as a union member, you can get a little bit, you know, discouraged. But as I said, just hearing, you know, just hearing my um, fellow union members speak about what solidarity means to them, their experiences in the union, I'm very, very hopeful that as a union, we can continue with solidarity and we can get everybody involved and see that, you know, as Jake said, you come for one, you come for all of us. That's it. Indeed. Jennifer, closing remarks. So basically, solidarity and what I've learned from my sisters and brothers here today and throughout this whole training that we've been going to is everybody coming together. The more knowledge we get, the more information we can spread out to our local union and our our communities and outside of the union and how we can make an impact and difference as we all come together. Um, this experience have not only opened my eyes as a new person coming in, especially with the young program and getting our come our young to come into, you know, and learn more of what we're learning. Um, a lot of our seasoned staff members, our seasoned brothers and sisters have taught me so much that I can take back with me and share with my young union members, including myself and everything that we stand for. So I do want to thank everyone here um, just for helping me out, just seeing how everybody comes together and how I can expand my knowledge with, within the Federation and express that to my local and everyone in the Bureau of Prisons. Well put. Thank you. And Candace, close us out. You know what? Again, everybody that that just spoke before me, it gives me it gives me power. It gives me motivation. It gives me all those wonderful, great butterflies to know. And just like Jake said, you know, it's kind of sad that we have to leave each other uh, because we are feeding into this positive energy, right? We're expressing and experiencing um, ways to move forward and ways to move our union forward. And so really this experience and this conversation has just harped back to the fact that we are stronger together. We are in this together. And so I'm just so, I'm just filled with so much uh, love because 
this is really what it is. And so, and as a young coordinator, as somebody who's a little bit younger in the, and not as seasons yet, but someone who uh, is still working my way and navigating this world and this environment of my work life, it, I am so excited to, and hopeful, right, that young people will see these opportunities of, of ways to gain knowledge and, um, you know, education with some of these trainings and things that's happening uh, all across our union, and that they will see the impact that it's having, not just in our union with the with our rights and things, but just even outside of that in our community. We need to work together. We need to be strong together because if we're not, then our village, as Andre was saying, it fails. So we have to take that accountability in our hands and we have to stand up and not just for us, our parents, but also for those next generations that's coming up. We have, we're having children, possibly. So we need to be able to usher them into a world you know, hopefully one day free of discrimination and free of any recourse that comes behind anything that we may stand up to, to say and stand with our fellow brothers and sisters to get those issues resolve, resolved. So I am, uh, after this, I'm motivated, I'm empowered, I am excited to get out there and mobilize all of y'all. It's time to come on. We got to stand together and we stand stronger together. Thank you. Indeed. Thank you very much. And I'd really like to say thank you to all our guests today and thank you to our listeners as well. I know the stories shared by our guests are not only unique to them, but you also have your own story. And I'd like you to look within and look around for opportunities for how you can bridge your gaps. An injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. And we're, as a union, and as a society, and as a world, we're only as strong as our weakest link. I definitely believe that there are solutions to any problem that exists, but two brains are better than one, three brains are better than two, and the numbers continue on. So, as Captain Planet would say, with all your powers combined, all things are possible, and we can be the Captain Planet of this world and be the change that this world needs to see through our unification, through us coming together, through us bringing our voices together. We're seeing it happen in our community with Amazon. We're seeing it happen with Starbucks. We're seeing it happen in industries that never thought it would be possible for actually their workers to come together. They put a lot of resources behind workers not organizing, workers not bringing their voices together, but the humanity that's within each of us actually bridges that gap. So I'd like to thank you to our guest, Vanessa Barrow, AFGE District 2 National Fair Practices Affirmative Action Coordinator, Jennifer Dickerson, AFGE District 2 Young Coordinator, Jake Baker, AFGE District 4 National Fair Practices Affirmative Action Coordinator, and Candace Foster, AFGE District 7 Young Coordinator. And thank you for listening to the AFGE Young Podcast. New episodes are made available every two weeks and are streamed anywhere you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is a production of the AFGE National Young Committee, BUG, Bridging Union Gaps Initiative. 
research and learn more about the AFGE Young Program, visit our website at www.afge.org young or our Facebook page by searching at young AFGE.